Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing really well. You know, on a previous episode, we talked about a passion of my husband and I that no one would anticipate, and that's going to monster trucks. And we said that we would come back on a future episode and talk about it because you and Heider, your husband, went to monster trucks with us. So I have to get your first impression. What did you think about a monster truck rally? Okay, so I will tell you, I was not expecting the crowd size. So we were at the Tampa Bay Bucks arena and it was full. It was like it was the Super Bowl. And so I didn't realize, I think I had underestimated the amount of monster truck fans that there <laughs> were out there. And then very diverse crowd. I don't know what I was expecting, but that was not it. There were tons of people, adults with no kids, people with kids. So I think that was my first impression was just – I think I had underestimated the fandom and also all the different types of people that would enjoy it for sure. It is. It's crazy. And I think this year, especially because so many people couldn't go last year, we're seeing all the shows that we're going to sold out. So it was exciting to bring you guys for your first event. What did you think of the actual show? It was loud. <laughs> I, That's um, fair. <laughs> I am loud. <laughs> but it, it was very loud. Um, and if you know me, I'm not, you know, my husband and I are not like into trucks or anything like that. Probably more car people. But it was, I think both of us felt like we were definitely out of our comfort zone. And that's so much of, you know, what we tell people in business is getting out of your comfort zone and doing some of those things. But I think sometimes you forget to do those things yourselves. And so we definitely felt like fish out of water. But surprisingly, you know, by the middle of it, we were like, okay, so I really like this driver or this is my favorite truck. So surprised at how much we enjoyed ourselves for sure. Well, you know, you guys are football fans. And I think anytime you're a fan of any sport, like you love cheering on your team. Like there's something about that excitement of cheering on your team. So the crowd is wild in a monster truck show too. So I think when you have that excitement of cheering somebody on, it makes it even better. Yeah, and we're Chicago Bears fans, so we are totally used to being let down on a regular basis. So this <laughs> this was a much happier end to this than, than what we're used to. You know, and you were troopers. You're out of your comfort zone, and then you're also in the cold. I mean, it was in the 50s in Florida, which is so unique, and it was raining, and we're at an outdoor venue. So kudos to you guys for stepping outside your comfort zone and uh, – going on an adventure with us. Well, thanks for having us. I, I don't know that we'll join you again, but I, <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud. Now we have to pivot and we'll have to go to a uh, meditation retreat with you guys. Show some support there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It goes from very loud to very quiet, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Well, I'm excited for today's episode. We have an incredible guest with us, someone that has built such an impressive career, built multiple companies. Uh, we're just really, really excited for today. So I'd love to introduce the founder of Koala Insulation, Scott Marr. Welcome to our podcast. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me on. 
Yes. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. So, you know, I kicked off saying that you have a really impressive background. You've built multiple companies now at a very young age. So I'd love if you would just kick off for us a little bit about your background. Sure. Absolutely. So I started my first business when I was in high school, whenever I was 15 years old. Um, and uh, basically, I had a, a friend that was 16 that had a driver's license. And, and we were the guys that would come around and we would uh, detail your car or your motorcycle or RV in your parking lot at your office or at your home. And that was when I learned of my, uh, my first business, the, the niche of what was called uh, uh, fleet washing. And that's when I started my first company called Fleet Clean USA when I was 16. And uh, that, that came because one of our customers that we would uh, go and wash their personally owned vehicles, uh, you know, routinely, they had a, a fleet of trucks. Uh, they, they owned a produce company. And so uh, I you know, was able to earn their business and learned of this, this niche of mobile fleet washing. And so I was there, I became their vendor and, and I was the guy that would come out and and take care of uh, keeping their commercial vehicles clean and and ready to uh, ready to go. So I would go out, uh, you know, myself and then a couple of employees that I'd hired, which were my, uh, you know, some some high school friends and uh, whatnot. So anyway, we would go out on on Sundays and we would wash their their trucks like every Sunday morning at five or six a.m. and it would be an all day affair and it was a it was a whole thing. And uh, so, so that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, a couple of years that went by, I thought that I wanted to, you know, get a job and, and, you know, at a bank and I thought I wanted to be a banker and I always thought that, that being a banker would be a lot of fun for whatever reason. And so I got a job at a local bank um, and I worked in the CFO's office there. I got to see a lot of things with a bank that most people don't get to see and especially not at, you know, 17, 18 years old. And so that was just a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of different loan documents and, and projections and, you know, profit and loss statements and, you know, you name it. Uh, and, and I, you know, I kind of saw it at a really young age. And so I just started to absorb all of this information and it just made me just even more interested in business. And so there was another bank that was opening in town. Now, mind you, this was back in you know, 2006, seven. And this is when community bank investing was all the rage. Uh, so a lot of family friends of mine had invested in these small banks and had made really great returns. And so a family friend said, look, Scott, there's this new bank that's opening in town. And I think this is a really good opportunity for you to both, you know, become an employee of that bank. If you'd like one of the, you know, one of the, uh, one of the first employees. And then you could also invest in this bank. And so I said, that's really interesting. So I went and interviewed for the position, ultimately was, was offered the position a couple of weeks later. And I, on the day that uh, they called me in to uh, you know, have me sign all of my paperwork, I brought in a cashier's check and bought stock in the bank as well. So I was the youngest employee of the bank and I was the uh, I was the only non-executive uh, shareholder of the bank as well, and so 
ended up staying with the bank for a couple of years and it was it was really a valuable experience for me uh, because the banks are very process heavy and that translates really well to franchising and so I got to help with system, you know, processes and, and you know, systemization and process creation and you, know, you name it. And, and, and I got to be a part of it. And I, and I also wore a lot of different hats at the bank, even though I was really young. And so, you know, I was still running my, my business on the side, my mobile truck washing business. And so I, uh, you know, I, I decided ultimately, I said, you know, I'm just never going to reach my personal financial goals if if I, you know, stay at this bank. Because by that point, I was, you know, working a job 40 hours a week and I was literally making a fraction of what I was earning, you know, just working 15 or 20 hours a week in, uh, in my own business. And, uh, you know, now the business was working more than 15 or 20 hours a week, but by that point I had hired some employees and I had hired a crew leader and so on and so forth. And so I finally just, you know, just gained that courage to say, you know what, if I just devote all of my time to my own business, then I just feel like I can achieve so much more. And so, um, that's what I did. And uh, so December 31st, 2009 was my last day at the bank. And I decided to, uh, you know, fully embrace and pursue my entrepreneurial journey. And everyone told me I was absolutely crazy because those were pretty turbulent times um, financially. So uh, I, I, I just bought a house uh, maybe six or eight months before. And, uh, and I kind of used a fair bit of my savings for the down payment. So I didn't really have a lot to, to rely on. And uh, so... Anywho, I, I just took that leap of faith and I just said, you know, there's, there's, you know, if I do fail, it'll be okay because I'm young. At the end of the day, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But uh, to the contrary, I said, I can't fail because I don't really have anything else to fall back on. And so I just, I just really dove in head first and uh, failure just really, you know, wasn't an option. And so, I decided to pursue Fleet Clean full time and ran it as an all corporate company, scaled it from a one location business to a multi location business over the course of the next couple of years. Ended up uh, by, by that point, we, we had over 100 team members in about five states. And I had sold no equity in the business, so it was all self funded uh, with uh, with bank loans and all sorts of loans and such. and. Uh, that's whenever I kind of turned to franchising because we had built a really great reputation in the industry and we had customers calling from multiple different states uh, that we weren't servicing. And we had just hit a point to where we, we couldn't keep up with the growth, you know, with our own capital. We would have to raise equity um, because it was a very uh, accounts receivable heavy business. And so cash flow is really important. Um, and so we, we basically said, look, we can either sell the business or we could just not grow, which really wasn't an option for me. And, uh, or, or, you know, we could, you know, go a little bit different of a path. And so that's when we learned a franchising. And so we took an all corporate company, turned it into a franchise system, <clears throat> and then, you know, learned, uh, all the nuances with that. And, 
yeah, the rest is history. I'm sure we'll get into uh, into more of that later uh, in the show. What an incredible story to go from cleaning cars, motorcycles, all of those things to building a franchise business. Now you exited that business. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Very good. And then you founded the business that we're going to probably talk about a lot today because we really want to pick your brain on what your hands are in right now. And that's Koala Insulation. Now the name gives it away. It is insulation, but this is not typically what we see from an insulation company. You guys are completely different. Can you tell us about Koala? Sure. Absolutely. So I, um, you know, I, I really wanted to be, so, so the truck washing business was great, but I really wanted to be in a business that was just, you know, had more opportunity, right? So truck washing business is a great business. Um, I still think it's a great business, but I just wanted a bigger space. And the insulation space is, it's not one that you would think about because insulation is out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but the insulation space is really substantive. And so, you know, we, we, we live in this world now where, uh, you know, we're focused on, you know, energy conservation. It's just part of like, you know, recycling, just, you know, kind of leaving, uh, leaving the world, you know, a little better than we found it sort of mentality. And so insulation just really spoke to me. I'm an efficiency guy. So I like efficiency and everything from processes to vehicles to, you know, to insulation. I mean, and, and, and so, um, I, uh, whenever I wanted us to, to start my next system after fleet clean USA, I, uh, I, I started looking at different options and then ultimately it led me to, uh, to Koala. And so, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to, you know, to start the business and, and, and then, you know, open multiple locations as pilot markets before, you know, ultimately launching it as a, uh, as a national, you know, franchise system. So what year did you launch initially before you um, started franchising? What was your first year in business? Yeah. So we started the business originally in July of 2018. Wow. And then you started franchising in. It was in late January of 20. Wow. And the reason that I'm saying wow for listeners is you've had an incredible run already. So if you don't know, there's the Entrepreneur 500 ranking of top franchise brands. So they come out with new rankings every year. You're already ranked number 242 on the Entrepreneur's 500 list. So what do you think has helped your brand achieve success so rapidly already? Yeah, so I attribute the success uh, at Koala to a few things. So, you know, for starters, I I did have the ability to make a lot of mistakes in my in my prior system, which most franchisors will you know will make a number of of mistakes. Um, and so I, I kind of had that luxury of having uh, you know having having that prior experience. Um, but but there's a few things. So I would say. Um, and this is kind of ranking in, in most importance, um, you know, the first one being uh, the least important and, and I'll kind of, kind of walk you down, you know, the, my, my answers here. So selection of franchisees is something that's really important. Um, 
sometimes as a franchisor, you have to say no to candidates because you just don't feel it's a fit. And so selecting the right candidate for the model is just extremely imperative. Uh, we've had some awesome people come through our doors, but it just didn't, it just didn't click either things that they said or just the impressions that we got. Um, and you know, just so on and so forth. Now they might've been great for other franchise brands and we've certainly referred people to other franchise brands, but we just didn't feel that they were a right fit for, for this model. Um, Secondly, I would say is, you know, timing was really important for us. Um, you know, owning a koala insulation just makes sense. Reducing energy waste, uh, you know, consumers want to make greener choices, uh, comfort in the home. And then especially now with so many people working from home, you know, in the pandemic, the timing was, was just, it, we couldn't have planned it any better for this business. So it, that just gave us a really good tailwind when we ultimately you know, needed it most, which was at our launch. Um, you know, although insulation has been around basically forever, you know, just not as we you know, know it today. Um, and so we expect that, you know, obviously that, that this is going to continue to be, you know, a really good business for a long time. So just because the timing was right, it, it, it just, it just made a lot of sense for us. Um, and then thirdly, I would say is, is we had a really good partner in franchise development. So, um, you know, my last system, we didn't have an outsourced, you know, franchise development group. And so we partnered with Franchise Fastlane uh, and they have taught me a whole lot about franchise development. And that has been, you know, that's been really, you know, really valuable for us. And so, um, yeah. And then lastly, I would say, and, and most importantly is support, right? So this is one thing that I didn't do a great job of in, in my prior system was having, you know, robust training, you know, knowledge transfer and, and support. Uh, and so whenever you have prospective franchise partners that come through your, you know, your doors to, you know, to, to, you know, check out the brand, you know, whether that be them just stopping by because they live in the state or uh, if they're coming in for a uh, confirmation day or discovery day, um, you know, they can really see through that, uh, that training and it, or, or lack thereof. And there's a lot of emerging brands out there that don't put enough emphasis on that. And, and myself being one of those in my prior system, right? I, I really just underestimated the value of that. And so when we started Koala, that was really where we started was how are we going to provide amazing support? And I had a really tall goal. And that goal was I wanted our first franchise partner out of the gate with Koala to have better training and better support than uh, the, the last franchise partner that came through in my prior system. And that was a really tall goal for a, uh, you know, for an emerging brand. So, uh, so yeah, so, so those are the things that, that, you know, I uh, mostly attribute the success to at Koala. So many good points. I just, I think it's really exciting, you know, for us on our side, when we send candidates over to just know what they're going to see. 
that you have built this system of support because it's really important to us that when we call somebody a year down the road, they're not like, well, we don't even have a marketing team. We're not sure what to do. So when we're vetting brands, that's just so incredible. And for us coming from Franchise Fastlane, obviously, you know, we know the power of that system and, and what they can do. Now, you said something very interesting in the very beginning, and we talk a lot about franchising as a mutual valuation process. You have to go into it vetting the brand, but they're vetting you. So what are those characteristics of business owners that you're really looking for at Koala Insulation? That's a good, that's a good question. So, um, you know, for us, it's, if I, if I had to sum it up, I would say, competitive leaders. So what we've found within our system now, uh, and we're, you know, we're north of 80 franchise partners, which are active in our system. The folks that are really competitive are, are the folks that are ultimately the most successful. Um, and obviously you gotta be a leader. So that's why I say competitive leaders. Um, we've found that, Folks that that are pushing, even if they've already hit their goals, folks that are continuing to push to exceed their goals in a big way, that's what really, you know, that's what really works um, in in our system. And so, leadership is extremely important, also, right? So, when you're running a small business, you're having to compete, you know, with bigger companies, more established companies, and you're having to compete. On, on you know different items, especially you know in, in you know today in, in the economy, it's you know it's very robust, um, and you're having to compete for employees, for example. And so having that local structure uh, is something that is really important. And and ultimately, you know, we as headquarters we can't provide that local leadership, and so that really falls on the franchise partner's shoulders to be able to carry that out on a daily basis. And so, you know, leadership is something that really, really matters. And, and it's something that we, you know, we talk to, you know, franchise candidates about before they've even signed just to make sure that, you know, they understand that, that, you know, they've got to carry out that structure on a daily basis. We'll give you the framework, right? We'll, we'll, you know, we'll help you with administrative checklist and checklist and task list and things like that, but uh, you know they they have to you know be the ones that are uh, they're going to be doing that on a daily basis. So, and I think that's a really good point. I mean, the value in a franchise is having good systems and support in place, but you're still a business owner. You still have to lead your team and you have to execute. So, for a franchisee in your system. Tell us a little bit about what that day in the life looks like. And as you tell us about the day in the life, help us understand, help our listeners understand, do they need experience in insulation? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. So Koala really offers benefits for both owner-operators and semi-absentee franchise partners. So you know, let's kind of break before we go on, let's break that down a little bit. So owner operators, it's kind of a term that I don't ultimately like because it gives the impression that franchise partners, business owners are, are you know, going to be in a truck running a crew 
operating the business. And, and that's not, that's not really the case. We don't have, in fact, a, we don't have a single franchise partner that, that is in a truck running an insulation crew on a daily basis as their job. Um, so semi-absentee, you know, let's talk about what that means. So, you know, that means that you're working on the business and not necessarily in the business. So these folks, you know, often have, you know, other businesses or they might have a full-time job or, you know, whatever the case may be, meaning they cannot devote, you know, a full-time schedule to the business. A, a day in the life for a, a semi-absentee franchise partner is you know, really about focusing on, you know, the, the bigger items. So in that sort of a, a structure, you would have an operations manager and you would have a, a salesperson that is going in the home. So the operations manager is going to ensure that crews get out on time. Uh, they're, you know, they're getting to their scheduled appointments and, you know, providing a, a high quality insulation service. Uh, and then the salesperson is going to be doing in-home estimates and taking inbound leads and, and scheduling, you know, estimates for, you know, upcoming days and, and weeks. And so, what that really leaves for the franchise partner to do is, you know, is oversight, um, interacting with headquarters on, you know, important decisions for, you know, for marketing purposes. Um, you know, we hold uh, Koala launch calls with our franchise partners on a regular basis. And so franchise partners need to join those calls uh, so that we can help to, uh, you know, ensure that the business is headed in the right direction. Uh, we go over important KPIs. And so tracking data is something that's really important, you know, for any business owner, whether you're a semi-absentee or an owner operator, right? So, so you've gotta, you've gotta be able to do that. Um, you know, paying, you know, paying bills, you know, processing payroll, if you have like a, a dual control setup on your on your payroll, or maybe your operations manager, you know, keys the payroll in, and then you as the business owner just want to give that uh, a good look over before you actually hit that submit button. Um, and, uh, and then just keeping a general pulse on the business. So I'll tell franchise partners this, you know, or rather at this point, prospective franchise partners at confirmation day, that, you know, they need to inspect what they expect. And so even if they are, you know, a semi-absentee and they have a full-time job, you know, it's important that they have the ability to maybe on their way home or maybe on their lunch break to swing by a, a customer's house and just check in and, and make sure that everything is going well. Um, so that's something that, you know, that, that, you know, even myself, you know, I, I don't work in our headquarter office on a daily basis, but I will randomly, you know, just go in and, and you know, work in the office for a day and just, you know, check in on things, see how things are going. And, and that's ultimately, uh, you know, I, in some respects, I would say I would consider myself a semi-absentee business owner. So um, in terms of an owner operator, so this would mean that basically you would be carrying out one of those 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 two primary roles. So you would either be a, a salesperson or an operations manager in the business's infancy. So if you have a, a past track record of success in a sales role, then it might just be a really natural fit for you to be the salesperson in your business. Whereas 
if uh, if you have a long you know if you've had a long career in in operations management then naturally you would uh, you know you would probably want to be the operations manager you're just going to be more comfortable in in that role and so what that would look like on a on a daily basis is uh is you know either you know managing you know the uh the crew or your crew leader and, and overseeing you know maintenance of of you know the equipment making sure that customers are receiving a high quality service uh, or it would mean that you're going out and providing in-home estimates for your customers now we do have some some owner operators that have both of those roles in the business so maybe they didn't start out with having both of those role roles filled by someone else uh, but uh, but then you know maybe they filled one of those roles in the first three months or six months of business and then they backfilled themselves to where they were able to you know to work on the business and that's one of the things that that i really tell folks is look you're not buying a job you're buying a business if you build yourself into this you know this business uh to that level then you, you know you really do have just a job and that's that you know you're missing a big portion of of the benefit of business ownership and there are so many benefits of business ownership, but specifically businesses like Koala, when you're looking at all of the things that you've built, I mean, you've given us a lot of reasons already why it's standing out to franchisees. Can you tell us what sets this brand apart for prospective franchisees, but also for consumers? Because we did touch on insulation is around. It's been here. It's going to continue to be here. So really, what are those differentiators on both sides of the fence? Sure. So... Uh, one comment I, I missed off of our prior question, which was experience. Um, so we don't have a single franchise partner that has came from the insulation space. So just wanted to add that tidbit. But as far as what sets Koala apart from other service brands, uh, so I would say, you know, for for consumers, if I had to sum it up in one sentence, I would say that, you know, we're a tech-enabled company within it with an emphasis on the customer experience. So you know, cons consumers can communicate with a Koala installation location really however they prefer. So text, email, they could do a form fill on our website. They could chat uh, on our, on our you know, location websites. They could call, right? So if, if they, uh, if they're, just, if they just like to, to you know, connect with someone live, that's, that's fine as well. Uh, or if, uh, you know, if, if you're more, you know, you know millennial or, or just more you know, interested in technology, then you could book your insulation service or your evaluation right on our website and just choose whatever works best for, you know, for your schedule. And so it's a live schedule. It's not just a form fill. We do have both options. Um, and, and, and so that's something that is really important today, right? So if you're, if you're a busy professional and, you know, you're back to back on calls and meetings and, and so on and so forth, but you really want to get this service done, it's kind of hard to, to make time for those things, you know, during the workday when these service businesses are open. And so we've tried to really give, uh, you know, our customers the ability to interact with our company, however, you know, they, they wish. I mean, we live in a digital world now, and it's important for businesses to understand this and adapt to it. So we've really done this from the very beginning with Koala. 
Um, now for, for franchise partners, what, you know, what sets us apart, I would say it's, you know, support, support, support. We really put a huge emphasis on this from the very uh, beginning. Uh, and I, I've heard the comment, you guys just really have your stuff together as compared with other franchises that I've considered. Uh, I've probably heard this at least 50 times at, uh, at confirmation day. Uh, and, and we've just put so much time and development into our support system at Koala and we continue to do so. So even after, you know, launching over 80 Koala locations now, we still learn better ways to carry out support functions. So an example of this uh, recently was that we realized our vendor contacts and information was still somewhat antiquated and living in a PDF document. And, you know, we would update it just, you know, every so often it could be, you know, uh, you know, every month or, or every few months. Um, and so instead we moved this to a fully digital platform where it's now a living list and franchise partners can leave internal reviews for fellow franchise partners to see. Uh, and so, you know, this allows us to monitor how well our vendors are performing. So that's just a really small example of, you know, of, of how we are continuing to, uh, to innovate and, both internally and externally. You meet people where they're at. That's kind of how I describe that, right? If I need to call Xfinity, for example, for my internet, you know, I've got to wait on hold for hours. I basically have to be willing to give them my firstborn child before I can even get an appointment versus, yeah. <laughs> versus you know, being able to send a text and automatically get an appointment or pick my own appointment online without having to wait on the phone for hours. So I think that piece is really interesting from a consumer standpoint looking for any service. So that sets you apart. And then the fact that you're always looking to make continual improvements in the brand, you're not just staying stagnant, I think sets you apart for, you know, identifying right fit franchisees. You've been a business owner now since you were a teenager, which is so unique. So you've had a lot of experience already. What is the best piece of advice that you've received in your life as you've built your entrepreneurial ventures? Hmm. All right. So I've received some really good advice in my career, but I would say probably the, the best advice that I've received is don't be penny wise and pound foolish. So and, and this advice was not necessarily verbalized to me, uh, but basically what I've, I've witnessed uh, with other you know, successful businesses. And so, and, and it's relevant in my own businesses as, as well as others. So I'll give you a story here. So, you know, we launched in late January, early February, our franchise development efforts of 2020. Okay. So here it was March, Right. This this thing that we heard about, oh, something from, you know, Wuhan or something like this, you know, is might be causing, you know, some people to get sick. And we were all kind of like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be over in two weeks. And before you know it, it's, you know, the stock market is pretty falling and TSA traveler, you know, numbers were a fraction of what they were from the same time or same day from the year before. And, and, you know, at Koala, we doubled down because we saw an opportunity, 
right? So we said, wow, a lot of people are getting laid off. And we were in a, a tight labor market, you know, prior to this. And we feel like that, you know, there's a, a we're ultimately, we just feel like we're going to be successful. And so let's go out and let's, let's grab some really good people. Let's go grab some really good talent and bring them on to our team. And so, you know, we, at that point, we had three franchise partners that were active, right? And so, and at that point, we had 12 or 14 team members at, at Koala headquarters. And so, um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, if, if you have the ability, you know, you, you need to be able to, uh, you know, to go for it. Um, and, and, you, and you just want to like, you, do, you just don't want to be short-sighted with your business, right? So that's, that's really what I mean by don't be penny-wise and pound-foolish. Uh, and, and when I'm talking to franchise partners about spending adequately on their business in the areas that they need it most, you know, marketing, for example, is one of those things that when things are good, they're spending money on marketing. And then whenever they have a bad month or a bad week, then all of a sudden marketing is the first thing that that is, you know, to cut because it's kind of the easiest. And it's, you know, that's an example of where it's like, no, that's that's not what you want to change. Uh, and so, for example, we saw it, you know, in our system, you know, we're, we're going through uh, our FDD update, you know, for uh, for 22 now. So and we'll have that published here in the next, you know, month, month and a half or so. And as we're looking through data from 2021, the folks who spent on marketing to our recommendations didn't go substantially over. Just who spent to our recommendations had sales that were 30 to 40 percent more in our system in their first year than those who didn't. Um, so. You know that's just that's just one example, and then the other is staffing, right? So we're we're in a really tight labor market, and there are still good people out there that you know are are looking for really good opportunities, ground floor opportunities, and for most you know franchise partners, they're that's what they have to offer, and so it's all about positioning, but you got to be able to you know to get good people. Uh, and, and you got to be able to attract those people to your team. And so you might not be able to attract those people by offering the highest salary, but, you know, give them some other benefits, give them some reasons to, you know, to want to be a part of your organization. Um, and, and, you know, so that's just another example of, uh, of what I mean by don't be penny wise and pound foolish. I love that. And I do know, you know, talking to franchisors, that marketing spend, you hear it all the time. There's a reason it's in a lot of FDDs because it does drive so much of the success. Now, you've had a ton of success and you could have taken these businesses into corporate entities. You could have stopped, you know, being in five states. What is your personal compelling reason for franchising, Scott? <laughs> this is a good, this is a good topic here. So, and this is probably you know, one of the things that, that really makes me want to, to wake up and get to work every day. Uh, so I'm a thoroughbred entrepreneur. You know, I've, I've been in business since I was really young and I just really adore business most days at least. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I really love to help others, you know, with a desire, you know, folks that, that have a desire to be in business. So one of the things that I remind myself of often is that, 
I've helped several people become millionaires by offering a business model for them to be able to achieve, you know, financial success. Um, so that's something that for me is, is, uh, it, it just, it kind of keeps me going on those tough days, um, to be able to think back and, and I'm still, you know, friends with most of those people, uh, you know, even after they've, you know, they've, they came in, they've bought a franchise, they've built their franchise and they've sold it to someone else and they're on to doing something, you know, bigger and better. Um, you know, in addition to meeting financial goals, you know, those, those folks, you know, they get to experience what I've experienced, which, you know, is, is with business ownership is freedom, right? So that's just something that, uh, that a lot of people just don't understand. So a quick story on that actually, uh, one of the very first franchise partners that I worked with in my career, I'll never forget, came from a suit and tie, you know, background, uh, office environment. And I just remember that he was just so excited to be able to be out in the field supporting, you know, his his teams, his employees. Uh, and he was able to you know, set his own schedule uh, and, and, and he was able to set his own schedule around things that he wanted to put first in his life, like having lunch with, you know, his spouse, being able to, you know, to go to her office and, and, uh, you know, on, on, you know, during her, you know, her scheduled, you know, lunch time, uh, picking up his kids from school, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so just those little things, you know, can, can mean a lot. And, and, you know, owning a business is, is work. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it can provide a certain level of freedom, you know, once the foundation is solid. So, there is a there there is a common uh, maybe misconception in in business, you know, that oh well, I'm I'm my own boss, I get to set my own schedule. That means that I can kind of come and go and do as I want. And yes, that can certainly happen in time. It's not most likely it's not going to happen in your first three months, probably not in your first six months of business ownership, but it can certainly happen. Uh, you know, once this, once the foundation is, uh, is solid. I saw a quote recently that says the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want today. And I think that's been a common theme amongst the entrepreneurs that we've had on our podcast is their personal compelling reason is freedom. We've heard that word over and over again. And it's kind of why Sam and I bought into franchising and why we're doing what we're doing, because we want that freedom over time. We want to help others obtain that freedom. So thank you so much, Scott, for being here with us today. You are a wealth of knowledge. And again, we're so impressed with what you've built across your couple of systems. And we can't wait to see where you uh, take us on the entrepreneurial journey next. So thank you again for, for joining us. Awesome. Thank you both for having me on. Thank you. If you want to learn more about franchising or koala insulation, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Do not forget to follow the FranPath Consulting podcast on Apple or Spotify. And if you're so inclined, please rate us five stars only. You can find us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or on our website at franpathconsulting.com for your free business assessment. Have a great week.